All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to the DFO Rundown, episode 133. I'm Jason Greger alongside uh, Frank Saravalli. We had, uh, of course, a holiday Monday in Canada last week, and uh, this week, of course, Memorial Day in the U.S. So for all of our uh, U.S. viewers, hopefully uh, you have a great uh, Memorial Day. Last uh, long weekend. Frankie, how you doing? I'm good. I got my American flag shirt on, my holiday Memorial Day shirt. Thank you to all who served. Thank you to all those who made the ultimate sacrifice uh, and their families. It's uh, wow. We're halfway through summer, it feels like, and we're only not yet halfway through the Stanley cup playoffs. Yes. It's uh, and there is a game seven, a uh, great way to end off Memorial day for our, for our American uh, fans. Well, Hey, Canadian fans are diehard hockey fans and uh, game seven. I don't care what sport it is. Uh, I watched the NBA yesterday and uh, now you see the hurricanes and the Rangers. And there's been so much talk about the hurricanes, Frank. And I, I tweeted out their numbers from home to away. It's, it's massive Jekyll and Hyde. But the funny thing is the New York Rangers are the exact same. The New York Rangers have one win on the road uh, so far this season. That's it. And uh, they're going to have to go into Carolina basically and flip the script where they finally play well and win on the road. And conversely, Carolina drops uh, a victory at home for the first time. Like it is the odds and the uh, trends do not favor the Rangers tonight. They don't, but (laughs) that's one game. It's one game. And I feel like at some point, the Carolina Hurricanes are going to have to pay for not being able to take care of business. Two series in a row, you get out to a 2 nothing lead. You come back all square and you win game five. And both times you lose game six on the road to have the other team force game seven. Like They could have made quick work of both the Bruins and the New York Rangers. And instead... They're in this spot again, and I feel like that doesn't bode well for them. I know how well they've played on home ice. I know how significant the matchups have been in this series. Carolina using their big defensemen to try and really close off time and space for the Rangers. I just, I don't know. I feel like at some point when you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Well, the one thing Ranger fans are going to hold their hat on is the Rangers are 1-0, Frank, when facing elimination 
on the road. The only uh, the only win they got, of course, was uh, game six in Pittsburgh, and it was a must win. And uh, tonight, of course, uh, is a must win. So I'm sure that's uh, that's what Ranger fans will look for. Obviously, you have Shesterkin, and in any moment and in any game, he, he can steal a game for a team. So And Antti Ranta, it's come at the exact same time that he's really struggled. Yeah, well, um, yeah, you do wonder, you know, how long that was going to last. Hey, maybe he bounces back. That's what I love about game seven. Uh, we can go in with all these uh, preconceived notions about what if we can only talk about the stats and, you know, Carolina, hey, until they lose at home, obviously they're undefeated and uh, the Rangers we'll see. And then, of course, you have the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two time defending champs just uh, sitting there. They were probably cheering that, uh, you know, whoever wins tonight. Um, now, if it's Carolina, they'll just stay at home and uh, and host Tampa Bay Wednesday. But if the Rangers Rangers win, then the Rangers fly back home and then they host Tampa Bay on Wednesday. They each had 110 points, but the uh, Rangers had five more regulation wins, so they will get home ice. I bet the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't afraid about trying to win on the road. I can tell you that much. No, no, they uh, they know how to win either way. So uh, we'll wait to see what happens uh, in the East. We'll be able to break it down. There'll be game one when we're on the pod next. But uh, let's get to the Western Conference final and two organizations that uh, both end uh, lengthy droughts. Colorado hasn't been to round three in 20 years. The last time was 2002. And uh, the orders haven't been to the third round since 2006. So uh, both of them and those uh, droughts this year. And you've got... You know, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, McDavid, um, uh, McKinnon. And I understand that. Obviously, it's the two M's and they're both extremely exciting players. But, you know, uh, right now, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, from a points perspective, is right there. Like him and McDavid each have 26 points. McKinnon has 13. Like if we're looking at straight production from the two top end guys, it's clear advantage for Edmonton. But then you throw in Makar and then you throw in Rantanen and you throw in Kadri and, you know, you go down the list and, um, this this series, I think, Frank, is 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 much more than just McDavid and McKinnon or even Dreisaitl and McCarr. Uh, you know, you got Evander Kane, who's leading the playoffs in goals. You know, you got Zach Hyman, who scored a goal in six straight. He's already got eight in the uh, in the playoffs and, and Rantanen and Kadri. Like this is going to be all I know, Frank. I'm taking the over in every game. <laughs> well, it's funny in a series like that, you would think to take the over. And I guess it makes sense with. Mike McKenna probably said it best on dailyfaceoff.com saying that the abs advanced in spite of Darcy Kemper, not because of Darcy Kemper. And, um, you know, and Mike Smith has his moments and we've talked about those is also what makes him one of the, the playoffs, most compelling stories. What I love about this it yes, it's the star power in this matchup, but it's also the stylistic matchup as well. You've got yeah. two freaks of nature going head to head in McDavid and McCarr, you've got two forces of nature going head to head in a pair of 29s in Nathan McKinnon and Leon Dreisaitl. You've got power forwards in Rantanen and Kane going head to head. Like I just, when I look at it, I'm like every which way around it's, it's fascinating and really two different. I don't think you could have two more differently built defense cores than the Avs and the Oilers. So it's uh, this is going to be a Titanic matchup. Like I cannot wait to get to, to Denver to see game one. Like it's, it's going to be awesome. Oh, you know what? Uh, high speed. Uh, you know, now there are some things that stand out that are a little bit different. Uh, Colorado, uh, you know, people are like, well, the Oilers play McDavid and dry side a lot. Sure. Why wouldn't you uh, look at, Look at Kale McCarr and Devon Taves. They're playing basically 26 minutes each. Um, the, the highest minutes per game in the playoffs for Edmonton is Darnell Nurse. And he's only at 21. And that's because he's, you know, he's banged up. He hasn't practiced once in a month. He's clearly been fighting uh, some sort of, uh, you know, hip or uh, I think you reported uh, potential. Um, it's a know, core muscle league, injury. Core yeah. muscle injury. So, yeah. you know what? Um, but you look at it. The, each team, Frank, has 12 players who are averaging 16 minutes per game, uh, six defense. Although now with Sammy Gerard, that's changed a little bit in, uh, in Colorado, but each team has six forwards playing over 16 minutes a night. And then it drops down, you know, to now you got Burakovsky and Confer. They're down at, uh, at around 13 and, you know, Edmonton drops from, from their top six guys. Then you get into guys like Pugliarvi and McLeod and they're sitting around 13 for McLeod and a little bit less for Pugliarvi. And so I, I do think at times, um, because McDavid and Drysaddle are scoring so much, 
people like, oh, they're relying. No, they're just being they're being more productive in their minutes is all that's happening. It's not like they're playing significantly more minutes than Nathan McKinnon. That said, I would play Connor McDavid until the wheels fell off. Like oh, he sure. I, we've been saying this forever. He needs to be playing more, I think. And 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 Jay Woodcroft has found a way to, especially during game five, he was sort of weaving him in and out of, of double shifts. Um finding different spots to try and, you know, you know, throw a little wrinkle in there so that the matchup game was a little bit harder. Um, and, and the flames for whatever reason did not really try and play a hard match. And I wonder if, you know, what Jared Bednar's, you know, thought process will look like in terms of trying to defend McDavid. I think the flames really got lost in trying to figure out McDavid and figure out what's going on so much so that they lost their own, their own touch, their own identity, their own style, that it became so dependent on what the Oilers were doing that they just stopped playing their game. Yeah, maybe to an extent. I think what Edmonton was doing played a part in that as well. Edmonton did a really good job of taking away Calgary's defense. Like, you know, Rasmus Anderson was not not close to the impact player he was in the regular season, moving the puck up, transporting the puck through the neutral zone, the quick transition game. I thought Edmonton did it pretty well. However, Colorado, the one thing that's that's going to be a challenge to me for Edmonton in this series is the size and speed of Colorado's top nine forwards. If you look at Calgary, Frank, like they had Nick Ritchie and Milan Lucic, but they're in their in their fourth line. If you look at their top nine, it wasn't very big. And it really they're, they're not the fleetest of foot group. Right. Um, Colorado, obviously McKinnon, look at Ranton and, you know, Barakovsky, like you go down the list, they got a lot of size. Kadri's hard as nails to play against. Their size is up front, not on their back end. Yeah. Which is is very rare. I think Minnesota is the only other team I can think of like that. Yeah. And that's what's a challenge because um, Edmonton doesn't have a, a big defense. Right outside of Darnell Nurse, they don't really have a big defense core, and so to me, that's the one matchup I look for: is how how is Edmonton going to handle the size and speed of Colorado's forwards? Now, conversely, you can say, hey, Edmonton's kind of the same. Like Edmonton right now with Kane and Drysaddle and you know Pujarvi and everybody else, they probably got more bigger forwards too. McDavid's not a small guy by any stretch, and he's just so elite; it doesn't matter. But um, to me, that's the interesting matchup here. And you mentioned Darcy Kemper, Frank. Um, like Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton lit up uh, Jacob Markstrom. And in some games, Frank, they would score four or five goals and none of them were bad goals. Yeah. I, Kemper's right. He's right for the picking to me. I mean, he's, he's been very average so far in these playoffs. I think that's fair to say. So is it also fair to say though, from an Oilers perspective that this series in some ways, like the last one hinges on Edmonton's depth like if you can get a series of production like you did out of Ryan Nugent Hopkins again, you're probably going to be in really good shape. And I'll tell you what, some guys who played really, really well in game five, Ryan McLeod. Yeah. Uh, that line was excellent. And they, they really took it to Calgary in terms of when they had their opportunities, there was a lot of offensive zone time for the Oilers that they weren't pinned in their own end, which just makes it that much easier to continue the flow and rhythm when your top guys end up getting out there and over the boards next. That's That to me is the series. Colorado's top nine is much deeper than the Oilers, I think. You know, once you get past, you know, some of the star power, you know, and, and from an Oilers perspective, you're probably hoping that, you know, your stars prevail against theirs and you get just a bump or at least have your your depth hold their own. Is that I mean, is that where the series hinges to you? That's that's what I look at it. I'm going they the Oilers have to get some production from their, you know, their second and third lines. Well, a hundred percent. And, you know, Zach Hyman, I think would be the key. Zach Hyman was outstanding in, uh, in that round against Calgary, right? He scored in every game. You think he starts on the top line. That's a really good question. Like I, the one thing that's interesting to me, Frank is Leon Dreisaitl is looking healthier all the time. Now I know someone would say you're an idiot for even contemplating switching up him and McDavid. So I caution that and I completely understand it, but you have Kane and Hyman right now who are both scoring like elite top forwards. 
that if you wanted to, you could make a, a better matchup by having dry as your second line center. If you wanted to, you don't have to, but I wonder if at times the healthier he gets, if, if that's something Jay Woodcroft, because keep in mind, that's what they did through the first five games against LA until dry got injured. So here's what I would do. I would stick with what's been really successful for you. And if you need to pivot to that, you can always do it. That's the way I view it. Yeah, no, that's fine. Dreisaitl, no one has, I mean, to this point, no one has had an answer for Dreisaitl and McDavid on the same line. Yeah. In these playoffs. And until that's the case, maybe one game, maybe two games, it may not happen at all. I think you you keep those two together, but I think you put Hyman there on that top line just to try and, and, you know, as well as Kane has played and frankly, Hyman has too, they're almost interchangeable as well as Kane has played in these playoffs. See if you can get some goal scoring production out of that line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the middle. Fair. Oh, no, no, that's totally fair. I I would agree with that. And uh, we saw the one matchup that Jay Rudcroft really liked last series was he liked Evander Kane out against Matthew Kachuk. He felt like he make, made him completely uh, invisible and ineffective. And if you look at the stats, it's bang on. You need Kachuk did nothing uh, from game two on, right? He had a hat trick in that, that odd game one, but then nothing after that. And now he's a very different player at a much different position, but he's a fight. Flames, play- by the way, also said over the weekend that Kachuk was hurt at a wrist injury. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously that plays a part in for sure. But I wonder... If when you look at matchups here, if if they say, OK, we're going to have when you asked about Hyman, if it's going to be the McKinnon line up against McDavid line, which I think there's a good chance, maybe mm-hmm. that or or if it's Kadri against McDavid, then I think Kane plays with McDavid. If it's Kadri against Nugent Hopkins, I think Kane plays with Nugent Hopkins. OK. Just Why? So you, they, well, so Jay, just I, stylistically, I talk, you say Kadri being the, the somewhat similar in terms of. Uh, what to, to Kachuk? Why, well, why would you, you look at Kadri's a really hard nosed player, right? Uh, he also plays right on the line sometimes. And, and I say that as a compliment, I take Nazem Kadri on my team any day, right? Um, Evander Kane, um, is, is a, is a guy who, who is, everybody talks about the offense he's done in Edmonton and rightfully so, but man, Jay Woodcroft, I've had conversations with him. Like he was surprised at how good of a defensive player Kane is. Right. And so if you need him to play good defensively, and he says that one of his best defensive techniques is just how he stops guys off the rush. He can skate with anyone. He's really fast forward. And so I think they look at more so, you know, Kane, Kane is big and strong and tough. And Matthew Kachuk, Frank, did you see him at all antagonize anyone after game one? No. And so um, I think Jay Woodcroft feels a part of that was Evander Kane. And so, you know, maybe I, I, I what was he doing to him? Was he scaring him? Well, that's what, if you watch the games, right? Like anytime Kachuk tried to do anything, Kane was right there. Right. And I think he's calling him out and he knew that he would never like those are two. Cause when, when someone says, Hey, you know, Zach Cassian's going to fight him. It's easy for Kachuk to say, yeah, I'm not fighting you. You're a fourth line player. You can't say that when it's Evander Kane, right? So that immediately when it comes to the, the mental warfare at times and then playoffs, you know, that's one. But I also think Kane can skate with Kadri and those other guys. And so I wonder, plus, I think Kane's a, a little bit better of a pure finisher. So you have him as your third best forward on your line with Nugent Hopkins. Hmm. I, I still feel like in some ways it's going to come down to getting production from the McLeod, Yamamoto, whoever else is on that line, Fogel. Yeah, because Fogel, yeah. I just think that's where Colorado has a real edge. Like Comfer, he's got you know tons of playoff experience and has produced. Um, you know, Burakovsky, bigger guy, tough to handle, has won a Stanley Cup. Albay yes. Kubel had a decent season on that line. Like they, they're they're going to be a lot to handle for the Oilers, and that's that to me is where Colorado has the clear advantage. Yeah, and, and that's totally fair. I, um, the, the the one thing that will, and it's funny, Frank. We we've talked about all the elite guys that that are producing right now. Um, the one guy who is elite who has done nothing, and if he shows up, that changes everything. Is Miko Rantanen? Rantanen has one goal, Frank. Mm-hmm. One goal so far for Colorado. And so if, if you look at the top line, like you could take McKinnon, Landeskog, Kadri, and Rantanen. The four of them have 20 goals. 
McDavid and Drysaddle have 20 goals. So, mm-hmm. well, the third line can definitely be an advantage right now for Colorado. Edmonton's top, and I'm not even including, I'd, or sorry, that was Kane. Sorry, not K- Kane and uh, and McDavid have the uh, 20 goals combined, right? Like Edmonton's top two scores have the same as what should be Colorado's top four. And I think that, well, th- those third line guys, right now, Colorado's top guys are going to have to start producing more to match Edmonton's top guys. Yeah. Clear advantage for the Oilers and net. And I can't believe I'm saying that. Mike Smith. I love Mike Smith. Like I love his battle. Um, I love that he's 40 and this is the closest he's been in, in a decade to winning a Stanley cup. I love the monumental mistakes and moments that he's had in these playoffs and, and the goals that he's given up and how he's been pulled. And that game, game three in Edmonton, when he re-entered, there's been so many amazing Mike Smith moments, these, this postseason. And I love the chirps that I get from people on social media. When I wrote the story last week about Mike Smith being the most compelling story of the playoffs is people don't recognize how good, even with all those mistakes, like we're not, we're not changing or shifting around the numbers or carving out certain games, these playoffs, he has a nine twenty seven save yeah, percentage. I know. And his career save percentage is nine thirty one in the playoffs. He he's, he's right there. And the Oilers clearly love playing for him. Mike Smith chasing a cup is like one of the best stories going right now. Uh, Frank, the, the uh, Mike Smith is the perfect example for what I like to call highlight reel analysis. The f- people who don't, who only focus, Oh, here's Mike Smith. He led in 132 footer. Well, guess what? It's one goal. You can let in a slap shot from the slot. It's one goal. It doesn't have more value. Now, people can look at it and they like to talk about it, especially the negative minded people. They like to focus on that. Oh, look, Mike Smith mishandled the puck once. Meanwhile, he plays it well 60 times in a row, stops his makes life for his defense. When Brett Kulak raves about how much easier it is to play with a goalie like that, they don't focus on that. And so I love that you bring up the overall number because that's what matters. It's the overall can, can Mike uh, Smith make plays that at times are going to make the blooper real a hundred percent, but he does it every up. once, every five games. I, like, yeah. honestly, you can set your watch to it. Like at some yeah. point during this Western conference final, he will screw something up in absolutely fantastic fashion. I can yeah. almost guarantee it. Yeah, no, that's fair. And, and, and you look at it and, and sure, ideally like, you know what, uh, if they go up against Vasilevsky or, or Shesterkin, you know, uh, obviously Ranta would, would be an advantage, but I think if Shesterkin or Vasilevsky, you're, you're going to look and say, okay, advantage to the East, but you know, Darcy Kemper, the way he's played um, right now, now Darcy Kemper, I think is capable of playing. He better, has the ability for sure, but he's not doing it right now and that's going to be the uh that to me is going to be the key is to uh is to see all of a sudden how um he reacts especially against the most dangerous like is you know this is the two highest scoring teams on average in the playoffs right and uh, and the Edmonton orders man they can score and it's their best players and i've always argued this when it comes to expected goals frank when i have evander kane or Connor mcdavid 15 feet in the slot compared to Zach Kasser and Josh Archibald. It ain't the same, mm-hmm. right? So unless you have a place that's tracking who the shooter is, I'm always, I'm always going to have a little bit of a raised eyebrow for expected goals, right? Because who the shooter is, is a vastly major important factor on it. Just the truth. Well, it is. And, and to your point, Kemper and the abs haven't faced an offense like this, like with all due respect to, the Preds and, and uh, the blues, like they're, they haven't been cooking like the, the Oilers have. Yeah. So to come through those two teams with just a nine Oh four mark for Kemper, as I said, he's, he's right for the pick and he's right there. Yeah. And well, and the one thing I will say though, about Colorado is Kemper and his goals against, they don't face a lot of shots. And I do wonder if he plays better when he gets more shots, right? Like I, I, I'm just, I'm always curious about that a little Possible. bit because some, t- some goalies I've talked to him about that. And they just, you know, you, you look at the shots against right now, the Edmonton orders, you know, Mike Smith faces a lot of rubber. Now shots against are just don't have to be all quite quality chances. We have to take the next step, but just facing pucks right now, Mike Smith facing 10 more shots a game. 
than uh, than Kemper is, right? Uh, Colorado is allowed 27 per game. Uh, the, the orders are allowing 37 per game. Now, once again, we, I'll break it down into high quality chances, and that's very different because where you're letting the shots go from matters, right? And the LA Kings shot from everywhere, Frank. They were tons of low percentage shots that were just, you know, hitting the goalie, right? But you feel the puck more. A, it makes your save percentage look better for sure. But B, lots of goalies, they just love feeling the puck. Right. And so I'll be curious about this. And the thing about Edmonton is all season long, they're not a team that really wastes a ton of shot. You rarely see their skill guys, Frank, just wasting one from the outside. It doesn't happen. So, mm. you know, you might have your third and fourth line guys come in with that 50 foot wrist shot, which the goalie just swallows up and it's it's a nothing play. But Edmonton's top guys don't do that. And so, um, you know, Kemper's going to have to be in his toes because they create a lot of high danger chances. Yep. And the Oilers, unlike the other teams that the abs have played so far can really make you pay on odd man rushes. Yeah. So that's the one other facet of the game to kind of keep an eye on, you know, national doesn't have the horses. No, no. Do you think it's automatic? It's we're going to see Taves and McCarr and, and, uh, because we say Matthew or sorry, McKinnon and McDavid lots, but it might be McCarr McDavid. That, that's what I said. Two freaks yeah. of nature, two absolutely unbelievable skaters. Makar is, you know, maybe one player in this league that has the edge work in the same kind of conversation as McDavid. I'd still probably say it's a little bit of a stretch, uh, but Makar is the closest thing going, especially on the back end. Oh yeah. But you know what the thing is, the key to that pair might be Devon. Devon Taves is yep. like the Islander fans. I can understand why they're like, are you kidding me? two second rounders for this guy. Like we didn't even get an NHL fireable offense. Like that was such a terrible trade, like terrible. I, uh, you, you opted to keep all these other defense. And the the funny thing is, Frank, it's not like Devon Taves is, is, is cashing in on a $9 million a year salary, right? Like you, you let him walk over a salary that is considered one of the best in the league. That's, that's the part that I read that that's the head scratcher for me. Like he's making what four mil 4.1. I think it is like, mm-hmm. give me a break. Like, gosh, that was a terrible, like the Islanders look at, they trade Devon Taves and they're out. They missed the playoffs. I know it's too easy to say it's one guy, but that was such a huge part of their team that they could have easily chose some other guys to move. Yep. And now the Avs, a team that has a real budget crunch, they have Devon Taves for two more years at 4.1. Yeah, it's a steal. He's our top pair of defense when making 4.1. It's Now, how much do you, do, you, do you believe impacts? I know they bring in Jack Johnson as the number six now. How much do you think the, uh, the Sammy Girard injury is a factor at all? Um, well, I do because I just think, you know, I know, I know what you think. I, I think I think I know what you think. That they're going to be better off because they're going to be a little bit bigger now without Gerard. Like that was one of the real weak points of their defense in their playoff run last year. I think he's just a really good player. Like he makes plays, he gets the puck out with ease. Um, Yeah. He's, he's a really smart player that I, I do think they miss him. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you look, he, he was basically the, like their number four defenseman, right? If you look at ice time and everything like that, and they have either Bowen Byram or Eric Johnson that can move in. Right. So I think Sammy Gerard, if he was in your third pair and he was playing third pair minutes, he's a, he's a big upgrade over Jack Johnson. There's no question, but the depth of Colorado's defense, either Bowen Byram or Eric Johnson, who, who now plays a few more minutes. I don't think it really hurts him that much. I, I will say though, it's, it's obviously a drop off from Gerard as a player to Jack Johnson. There's no question about that. So I do think it weakens their overall defense, Frank. And I think that, you know, Edmonton now has to try to find a way, especially on home ice. And now Jay, Jay Woodcroft doesn't chase a ton of matchups very mm-hmm. often. No, but, he did. He did really like to get McDavid out there against Zadaroff and Good Branson. Yes, and Calgary he kept one of that. Yeah, so uh, at home, that's the matchup I watch for now, right? Sammy Gerard's a really good skater, right? So he wasn't going to get beat as off the rush as much. Jack Johnson's more physical, but Jack Johnson just doesn't have the mobility. And Jack Johnson, if Edmonton gets out against Colorado's third pair in games three and four, Edmonton's top line that could be a big mismatch. I feel like this series could be, if he gets more ice time, it could be a Bob Byram coming out party. 
Dude, I love that kid. Ever since I saw him, and the first He's time I watched so him play good. was uh, um, in P- Prince Albert versus Vancouver in the 2019 WHL final. He was a he was a 17 year old. It was He's his electric. draft. He was 17, and he was chirping guys. He's in their face. He was playing against Prince Albert's top line. Right. Which is very hard to do as a 17 year old. And I was just like and I talked to my nephew who was playing against him and he was like, man, this kid is good. But he's like, he's just so like he's so confident at a young age, like chirping guys. And he doesn't give two bleeps. So I've been a huge Bowen Byron fan and it's unfortunate. He's had the, uh, you know, the, the head injuries that the last few seasons, I think once that hopefully he's like Crosby, Frank. Crosby had him for a bit and then never again. And so that's what I'm hoping for Bowen Byram because as much as McCarr people get excited about Bowen Byram, as he gets more and more experience, those two are going to be just ridiculous in Colorado. For two quite two pillars on their back end. Oh yeah. I, two number four overall picks two absolute studs. But if there's anything that can take, you know, some sort of, wind out of your sails, take away, knock you down a peg confidence wise. It's going to be concussions. And I, he just hasn't, he hasn't looked the same. He, he just hasn't. Yeah. Well, I, I think there it's, you know, it's a little bit uh, in, in your head for sure. He, he doesn't want to Literally. get hit and I understand it. So eventually the longer he plays again, because I remember talking to Sidney, I remember Sidney Crosby talking about that. They said that was the hardest part was feeling that you're okay to take contact again. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not just the little rub outs, but sometimes, you know, to go to certain places, you're going to, what did a uh, dry saddle call it? Uh, snot bubbled, right. Uh, every now and then that's, that- <laughs> I looked at you after the press conference. I was like, what did you just say? He yeah. Said I got snot bubbled. I was oh, like, so I didn't know that was means- a thing. Oh yeah. When you get, you've never been hit so hard where the air comes out of you so fast. It basically just pushes the snot out of your nose for anybody who's never been snot bubbled. It's it's more of a football term. They use it a lot there, but the funny thing is on the play, I went and watched the replay. I was like, that wasn't a snot bubble. He didn't get hit that hard, but it's a good line. So I credit yeah. uh, dry saddle is pretty funny, dude, actually. Um, so I look at uh, this here. The is regardless of who wins tonight, Frank is Tampa the clear favorite in your eyes in the East. I think they're the clear favorite to win the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to argue that. I'm shocked that they're not the betting favorite to win the whole thing. Is it still Colorado? It's Colorado and they, the abs have double the odds. Or sorry. Yeah. Or half, whatever, however yeah. you want to look at it. I think it's like one minus one thirty and minus two sixty is what I saw. And what, are, what about the other three teams? What's Edmonton at? The Oilers, I think are, at least Tyler would know better than me. I think the Oilers were plus five fifty. Okay. Well, when we bring him in for buy or sell, he'll have the answer to that one. I'm sure. But uh, here's um, an interesting yeah, I, stat. I was just reading by the way, as well. And I guess this, we, we talk all the time about rebuilds and building your team. If the Rangers win and, and make it to the conference final, which uh, I did pick the Rangers to go to the conference final in my bracket to start. Alexi Lafreniere can become the sixth number one overall pick in this year's conference final Stamkos, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, McKinnon, and Eric Johnson. That's crazy. Kind of an incredible stat. Yeah. That is, is that the most ever? Uh, yeah. The most ever was five. Wow. It was 1984. Bobby Smith, Rick Green, Guy Lafleur, Brian Lawton, and Denny Podman. Huh. Not bad. I didn't even abs. know Rick Green was a number one overall. Oh player. yes. Yes. Yeah. Not necessarily the most memorable one, but worked out so um well and then you just look at top like top elite picks in this one Makar, and you mentioned byron you throw in leon dry mm-hmm. and you know nurse well nurse the top seven he's not top five um man well what's interesting about headman of course what's interesting about tampa is how many of their good players aren't top 10 picks that's what makes them so great mm. and i also i'm curious as we bring in tyler if he can look up for us what the points bet odds are for Jacob Slavin to have one point in game seven, because Jacob Slavin only needs one point to pass Mr. Game seven, Justin Williams for most points in hurricanes franchise history in game sevens. Now, this how one, many, how many he has, Williams? he has, uh, he has five. And Jacob Slavin has five points in game sevens in just two games played. Ooh, the Slavinator. 
he he's he's unbelievable. I I don't like people I think he's underrated that have yeah that haven't watched very closely. I think he is truly the best all around defenseman. You think he's better all around than Hedman? I I would put him right up there. Like he's I I think he might be the best. I think he's a better he's a defender. better defender than than yes. Hedman for sure. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that, but not by much. But he is slightly there. Um, I, I think Kale. He, he McCarr, got a, He got. A, he got a Norris vote from me. Jacob yeah. Slavin did. Kale McCarr. Um, Kale McCarr is the most dynamic defenseman, but he's still he's still young, relatively. Frank Roman Yossi says, "Hold my beer." When you say most dynamic, yeah, well, that's true too. But McCarr, man, his. I, I, I'm still going to put him up there. Like his edge work. That's why I said he's he's one player on the planet that can skate at least defensively like McDavid does. Yes. Yes. No, that's there. I'm going to say this, the, the amount of highlight real plays that come from the Edmonton, Colorado series might be the most we've seen from one series in a long time. There is, you think there's be, any chance that it gets dumbed down? No. no. Zero. Huh? I, um, See, like both, we were not expecting this Oilers flame series to be like it was. Oh, I thought I, I said it'd be over, but like every game those two teams played was always over, right? Like there's sorry, one game in the, in the last few years, it's been low scoring. Like Calgary, Calgary, isn't it? Calgary doesn't sit back like LA did, right? Like LA would sit back and, um, and, and that worked for a few games. It frustrated the Edmonton orders, but I don't think Colorado sits back. I don't think Edmonton sits back and both teams have such high octane elite players that eventually Frank, they just make plays. And it's not even because it's bad defense at times or even bad goaltending. Like look at Nathan McKinnon's uh, goal in, in game five against St. Louis, St. Louis, pretty good defensive team. He walked through the whole team. Cause like there's very few guys on the planet can do that. And he did it. And now he's going up against two other guys on the planet who can do it. Then you throw in Kale McCarr who can go end to end at any point. Like there's going to be plays that are made that people are going to freak out because, you know, a defenseman gets beat. I'm going to say this right now. One of the abs are going to beat Duncan Keith wide and people are going to freak out over it. I'm like, yeah, but uh, Nathan McKinnon beats lots of guys wide. Like Drew Doughty. I love Drew Doughty's response. I'll never forget it. He goes, you go up against the best players. I'm going to get beat. I'm going to get highlight reeled every now, but guess what? I'm going to stop him eight times out of 10. That's pretty good. So Mm -hmm. you know what? I love his mindset about it. I'll never forget it. And that's, it was the best players in the world. Every now and then you're going to get beat by guys. And and this series, McCarr might get beat once by McDavid or Drysaddle. And people are going to be like, oh my God. And it's like, yeah, because they're that good. And all it takes is one wrong motion, Frank, in a split second decision, you cut inside. McDavid is able to quickly reverse and go outside and you're done. There's not much you can do. You're done. Yeah. As you say that though, that that is kind of one area that I think the Avs have another really clear advantage. Their their offense and how well they skate versus like the Oilers' defense is not definitely not fleet of foot. No, they're not the quickest. No, they're they're, they're not. Well, Brett Kulak and Brett and Darnell Nurse are elite skaters. Those two are, and the rest are okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that you'd call them fast, would you? Oh, Nurse can fly, and so can Brett Kulak. Yeah, they're both fast. Okay. Barry and those other guys are good skaters, but they're not, yeah, they're not elite. But then I look at like the abs blue line, like McCarr is obviously an elite skater. I don't think Eric Johnson is super fast. Um, Bowen Byron is pretty good skater. Actually. I think Bowen Byron really yeah. might be underrated skater. Uh, Devon Taves, he's super good, but yeah, Colorado's defense is, is quicker. Like Edmonton's got some guys who are fast in certain areas, but they're Gap not is just going to be such a big key. Like it really yeah. is. Yeah. How are you gapping against their forwards? And how do you handle, because Colorado will come at you much quicker and bigger than Calgary did mm-hmm. and much with uh, more speed and skill than LA had. And so that's going to be the, to me, the challenge for Edmonton's defense. Cause Colorado where Edmonton struggled all year long, Frank was against teams, St. Louis and Minnesota specifically, who were very big and good from the top of the circles down on board work. Like if you get into one-on-one battles, Frank, that's I think where Edmonton's the most susceptible. And if you have mm-hmm. lots of that, it's going to be a problem. And so that's where Edmonton's forwards are really going to have to win wall battles in their own zone to, to eliminate the amount of defensive time that they spend in their own zone. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Ty, so you ready me, to roll? I was going to say, before we bring in Tyler, give me your pick. I'm picking an upset. I'm taking Edmonton. Okay. I'm going to say Colorado in six. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is it my time now? Yeah. All right, let's do it. It's another edition of Buy or Sell brought to you by our friends over at DoorDash. Um, what an entrance. Is it my time now? Well, I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, are you throwing to me or are you not? A uh, couple of things. One, I want to get a t-shirt made with that quote from Frank. Uh, I think, I think I know what you think. Um, that's a great line, Frank. Wow. Thank you for that. <laughs> I was hoping that no one heard that. And that was just me and my own brain stumbling. I was apparently like, not Edmonton is plus 190 to beat the Colorado Avalanche and the Oilers are plus 550 to win the Stanley Cup this year. Okay. Is that Jacob Slavin is plus 165 to get a point tonight. That's a I money like that. bet. Frank, that's a really good uh, thing to look up. I might have to slide something on that just for fun. Another thing before I start with buy or sell, Gregor, you'll love this stick taps to the NHL for going with all 8 p.m. Eastern starts for this series and not do we like it's early in the West six o'clock starts locally for Edmonton and Colorado, but that's fine for me because it means the fans out East are going to get to actually like watch and enjoy this series. Yeah. The third and fourth round have always been this way. Cause there's one game a night, um, but let's be honest, Ty, it's a six twenty start, right? That the NHL eventually will figure out that it's okay to put their actual start time on their own website. I know, I know it's 2020 NHL. I know it's a crazy thing, Gary, but oh my God, uh, this is, this is such a stick up your just ass. Annoys, it's just so bleep and annoying. Like oh, yeah. why do it? It's just, why so do you care? Like they want people to tune in for the pregame show. Like that's what they want them to do. Yeah. If you run a network, you'd be saying the same thing. No, I don't. But no, that's Frank. That's wrong. What time does the NFL start? They listed at 1 p.m. It starts at 1 p.m. Major League Baseball. First pitch, 105. First pitch is 105. Good point. Not hard. All right. Soccer. Go to Premier League. It's the NHL's the only amateur league in this regard. (laughs) Great things, a lot of things, but it's amateur hour when it comes to announcing their start time. Even ESPN does it, Frank. They announce it at 750. So that the broadcast isn't doing it. It's the league. All right. Now that we got that off our chest. Yeah. Uh, That's my thing. Like, I'm sorry. Are you good now? Are you you lied to my face? So that's probably what bothers me more about it. It's just so smug. I I started this by giving them credit for not starting the games too late. So no, no, that's a good start to this. And by the way, 620 is an almost perfect start. Yes. I agree. Edmonton stops anyway. Everything stops when the Oilers play. So might as well do it at 620 so that most people can get over their hangover in time for work. Dude, every good boss in Alberta, in Edmonton, lets their people, uh, if they, if they don't, if they were supposed to work until six, they're like, oh, you can get off at five forty-five now to get home on time, guaranteed. All right, first question I got for you: uh, GM of the Year voting is coming up right away. I'm going to say this year's GM of the Year is Joe Sackick. Devon Taves, great pickup. Darcy Kemper, he got his number one goalie as well. The Lekkinen deal at the deadline was solid, and even something you guys talked about, uh, Obey Kubel, that was a really solid little waiver wire pickup. I'm going to say Joe Sackick is the GM of the year. Jason, you buying or selling on that? Hey, don't sleep on Josh Manson either. That's oh yeah. A heck of a pickup. Um, See, Ty, I love that you brought this up because I find too often the GM of the year is a team is a guy whose team is good, but he didn't make any moves as the GM that year. 
That's the GM of the year should be about that specific calendar year from July 1st until now. And, you know, you look at now, sure, he had impact guys before, but yeah, Joe Sackick. Hey, it, it would be hard to not argue Breezeball. He went out and he went all in again uh, for his team. Now they haven't had the same uh, result, so he's probably not going to win it uh, because of that. Um, the other guy I would go, though, is Bill Guerin. Uh, for the Minnesota Wild, I th- he made a lot of moves. He made some gutsy moves. Uh, there's no question about that. So he'd be another guy that I'd. But I could, I can get. I'll buy with Joe Sack. I can get on board with that. Frank, I would almost bet money that Bill Guerin is not a finalist, even though he deserves consideration. You know oh, yeah. why? Because the GMs and everyone who votes on it, it's a 41 member panel. They're all weenies. <laughs> you know why they're weenies because they wait until the conference final to vote on it after yes. there's four teams left. Oh, congratulations. You picked three guys from the four teams remaining. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. Hard Make it do. a regular season award because all the moves that are already going to be made have all been made by then anyway. No, I don't well, understand then. it at all. I think it's, it, it has made, I love Jim Gregory and God rest his soul. It has made this the cheapest award going because that's all they do is pick three out of the four guys that are left. And occasionally you get a surprise, but I would imagine it's Ken Holland, Julian Brisebois and Joe Sackick. That are the three. Yeah. Cause you look at Holland's moves, actually Cody Cece, Duncan Keith, Zach Hyman, Evander Kane, Brett Kulak, Derek Ryan. Like those are pretty significant when you think about it. And he, and he's been ripped all season long. Yeah. And I I've written at varying points, these playoffs about how good some of those moves have been made. They were criticized at the time, but made for these moments, Duncan Keith being paid for now. Mm -hmm. The other person that I will say will get certainly some consideration, especially if his team wins in game seven is Chris jury. Yeah. He he made a lot of really significant moves starting with hiring Gerard Gallant, uh, Geez, Cop and and Mott have been good fits. Well, look at Frank Petrano. Like that was that's oh. on the top line, and that was like a throwaway. Frankie trade. loves that trade. And that that was that was what like when I look at NHL start clock trade. See now you understand. There's just something that annoys you, and the Vetrano trade annoys you, and I respect it from Florida's perspective. Yeah, he was free. Why did you give him away for free? Because you wanted to get Giroux. Okay, well. Frank Vitrano has produced more than Giroux to this point. How's that working out? That's fair. Valid point. All right. Uh, for my second one, let's talk a little bit about that Eastern Conference uh, or soon to be Eastern Conference final. If I'm the Lightning, I'm cheering for the Canes. I think the Rangers are a tougher matchup for Tampa than Carolina is. When you look at the goaltending with Shesterkin and the star power the Rangers have to potentially try offset the star power of the Lightning. Rangers, tougher matchup for the Lightning. Buy or sell, Frank? Sell. No chance. The Rangers give up way too much. The, the Tampa Bay Lightning would eat them alive. Carolina is way tougher to play against defensively. Their four checks way harder to compete against. They're way better in the neutral zone. Everything about Carolina would be way tougher for Tampa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, plus Carolina has home ice advantage. So I will, I will sell as well. I think that uh, Carolina, Carolina, like, honestly, if they put out line one, two or three and they took the name bars off, would you notice a difference? <laughs> like they're, they're very equal in depth. They don't have a McDavid or a McKinnon or a pointer Kucherov, but they got a lot of really good players. They're very even that way. But the, the one thing why I don't think Tampa's feared of either is because if Carolina can't win on the road, they ain't beating Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I would say too, is the Rangers are way ahead of schedule. And when they get to the conference, if they get to the conference final, that team all of a sudden, I think we'll be nervous. Okay. They got a lot of young guys. They're playing going right up against the two time. Oh, yeah. But two time, look how young their defense core is. That team is going to be good for the next seven years. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. As long as they can afford to pay everyone still. And they're just, it, it, no offense to the Rangers. I just feel like putting them in the conference final for the Lightning would be like putting them in gift wrap. <laughs> Okay. Would you like to go back to a third straight Stanley Cup final? Here you go, sir. I I wrote these questions before listening to your analysis throughout the show. Uh, So I think I know your answers on this one, but the Western Conference final will go at least six games. It will not be a short series for the Colorado Avalanche. Frankie, buying or selling? 
I will mm. see. I, I've wrestled with this because I was looking at all the odds and everything, and I I was very surprised to see the Battle of Alberta end in five. Me too. I'm wondering if there's an opportunity that this one also does. I I don't think it's the probability. I don't I don't think it's probable. I think it's po- I think it's possible though. Yeah, yeah I, th- I don't think, honestly, um, I was surprised big time that it went short last series. I don't see this one uh, going short. Um, if, if six is in, I'm buying all day long, Ty, that this will be a six plus series. Hey, Jay, you know what? One other thing, since I spent uh, a really nice week with Tyler and he just mentioned that he listened to our analysis. Tyler told me that sometimes when he does the pod, he puts his headphones on loud and he goes and he takes a shower. He does makes a coffee, makes himself some breakfast while we're doing our pod. He carries a little notepad with him and he scribbles down some timestamps. But other than that, most of the time he's not here. Hey, that's, you know what? Veteran move, man. You got to be a, as a, as a business owner, I can say multitasking is a key that uh, if you don't, if you're not a good multitasker, I don't think you can be successful. That I, I said that ribbing him, but it actually is kind of impressive. If you guys really wanted to mess with me, you would just throw to buy or sell it like this six minutes before the pod. And I'd be like, I think we're gonna do that shower. at some point. hundred percent. Yeah. Tyler comes out in a shower cap. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to the points by bonus question here. Points bet on points by Canada live in Ontario. I'm looking at the con Smythe odds. Nathan McKinnon is the favorite, plus 325. McCarr at 450. McDavid at 500, Vasilevsky at 550, Kucherov at plus 900. If I gave you a free bet for the Con Smythe right now, who'd you be taking, Frank? Andre Vasilevsky plus 550. Yeah. Money yeah. in the bank. Yeah, that's that's easy. The best one. Which because- team is most likely to get to the final? Which team is most likely to win the final? Which goalie is lights out in closeout games? Which goalie has a Con Smythe plus 550? Yeah, it's. It's hard not to go against the Michelin man. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty good. Those odds, solid, solid. I'm actually surprised that the Tampa Bay has two guys who are like fourth and fifth from the odds maker boards. Like to me, that's they're just enticing you to want to bet them. It's kind of surprising to me. What is Drysital? Leon Drysital is that'd be the other guy I might consider. Thirty-five to one. <laughs> like it's amazing how little respect Leon Drysital gets. Like I really don't understand. Do they know that he's tied for the playoff lead in points or no? Like, he just had oh, Rantanen seven has better odds points. Rantanen does? Yeah. Rantanen's 20 to 1 on points. But... Now, maybe it's because they think Colorado's going to win the series. Sure. Okay. But even then, like, that's ridiculous. Rantanen has one goal in 10 games. Drysaddle just had 17 points in five games. Like, give me a break. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, okay. This, this popped into my head the other day. The definition of the Conn Smythe trophy is the player deemed most valuable to his team during the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right. I know where you're going. Is it possible that McDavid gets votes even if the Oilers aren't in it? I asked Frank. We've actually talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this in Calgary before game five. Uh, Is it possible? Yes. But he would need to have another incredible series now. Like, and it would need to go like six or seven games. Like it's very possible. It's very it's rare that it goes to a player on the losing team. <laughs> it's yeah. Let alone, it's never happened on a team that's didn't make it to the final. But like he's at twenty six points now. Let's say he like his odds, his over under set at nine and a half for this round. So let's say he gets ten. Like it's very possible he leads the Stanley Cup playoffs in scoring without playing in the finals, right? So like, it's interesting. I think I don't know. Oh no, it definitely is interesting. I, I don't think they, I don't think it would happen. People would look and say, Hey, um, you gotta be here. You gotta win. Um, I, it would really, it would, ch- it would completely change the dynamics of the voting. So I don't think it would ever happen, not, but it, not only that, but like, I'm just wrapping my brain around this. Okay. For a second. So I obviously Connor McDavid and what he's done in these playoffs has been outrageous. I. I would make the argument Leon Dreisaitl was the Oilers' most valuable player in round two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in round Not two. Not Connor McDavid. Yeah. So if we're going back to the original definition of the award, most valuable to his team, plus 
they didn't get to the cup final. Like this is the same yeah. guy that didn't win the heart one year when he was by far the most valuable player. Cause his team didn't make the playoffs. How all of a sudden yeah. are we going to be making the leap to the guy no. whose team didn't make it to the final? No, it's not going to happen. Let's be honest. It, it wouldn't happen. It would just, it illustrates just how good him and dry settle have been uh, thus far. But the, the stat to me though, is the McDavid's on ice. He's been on ice for 38 goals uh, so far in the playoffs. And like, that's more goals than Carolina scored as a team. The Rangers, uh, oh no, the Rangers now have more because their last game, but like that's two goals fewer than Colorado scored as a team, right? Like it, or sorry, five now because their last game too. So it's either way though, it's he's been unreal. There's no question. I'll say this. If he gets to the final win or lose, I think uh dry and McDavid would go in as the two favorites. Yeah. Right. Um, now, depending on what Vasilevsky or, or yeah. Kucherov, if we if we think Tampa Bay, and I think both of us are basically saying what our picks are, regardless of who they face. I think Frank and I are both saying it's Tampa Bay um, to get to the cup final. But, it, you know, we've seen it before. Right. Jaguar. But I, I don't think a skater, Frank. Right. Goalies. I know Hextall has a skater won the con Smythe. I'll tell you right now who didn't play on the winning team, because I know goalies, Jaguar and Hextall are the two that come to mind. But I'm trying to think if a skater did it. Uh, Reggie Leach did it in 1976. Oh, yeah, when he scored 19 goals. Okay, there you go. Well, that's Mm -hmm. pretty impressive. Yep, he's the only one. It's five people have done it. Roger Crozier, goalie, Glenn Hall, Mr. Goalie, Ron Hextall, goalie, Jaguar, goalie. And that's the last time it was done, 19 years ago. Yeah, so... All right, that's going to do it for another edition of Buy or Sell, brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Promo code RUNDOWNDD gets you 25% off and no delivery fees off your first order. By the way, it's fun to joke about the Conn Smythe uh, odds, but just want to be totally clear. That's one thing I don't wager on uh, as a voter, just like the Hart Trophy and all the other awards. Yeah, anything you're voting on, you don't... uh... To be honest, Frank, I rarely bet on anything. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not good at it. I've lost enough to know that hey, it's not my forte. I don't. I don't care enough about it. It's fun. Every now and then, I'll throw in twenty bucks on uh, on something, but um, usually it's more so. I like your. I like. I like picking game. out little things like yes. that. Like we. Were I like a Jacob about. Slavin single game point. That's something yep. that I'm like, hey. You know what? I can get behind that because I find it intriguing. Throw 20 bucks down. Away we go. It's to me, if I throw 20 bucks down on Jacob Slavin getting a point, that's actually better odds of me spending 20 bucks on the on the lotto max to win 70 mil. So I just see little things that I pick out that I'm like, oh, that seems odd. Like, why would they do that? And it, you know, when you're in it and you pay attention, it like Nathan McKinnon over two and a half goals last round. I know he had the hat trick. Um but that just felt like an odd line to me. It was Nathan McKinnon over two and a half at plus money. Now to get over two and a half for this series, I think it's like minus 400. It's something crazy. Yeah. This year, the over Frank is the one that I won the most money on. And lots of games around the NHL. I couldn't believe I'm like Florida was playing. And I'm like, I think I bet Florida the over like 98% of the time. Well, if you did that, you'd be in fine shape because they averaged 4.11 goals a game. Oh, all the time. It was like the, I couldn't believe it. The bet was, I'm like 6.5 again for Florida, like averaging four goals themselves. Like I know that the other team has to score, you know, two or three, but that's averaging. So they had a lot of games of five plus goals, which was nuts. Uh, Frank, I just like the fact that uh, you threw out the term weenie. We haven't, uh, used they are, they're weenies. In they're quite like, some time. Well, yeah, it's kind of like the start time. I respect that. I By respect the way, that. the over under six and a half for game one, Oilers abs. Oh, buddy. I'm saying it right now. Punch it, Frank. Punch that all day long. Now, stay within your limits, folks. Don't uh, don't go crazy here. Don't bet Frank's air volley money. Just bet Jason Greger money. So it'll be fine. <laughs> Frank, have yourself a good uh, week and uh, enjoy. Uh, we will talk to you uh, on Friday. I'll be in Denver. I'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Cervalli and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.